A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. To build back better or whatever. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. We've got to get them vaccinated and hopefully they will do it willingly. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. This is Connect Those Dots. Genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids' arms. We just shoot them right into the vein. All right. Well, hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there, and welcome to episode 50 here of Connect Those Dots, a humble little podcast, and as always, I am your humble host, Joe. hey so big milestone, big episode 50. There's been 50 episodes of Connect Those Dots. It's been about a year now since I've been doing this show. And uh, I love it, and it's fun, and it's growing, and uh, it helps me get the word out about what's going on in the world. It helps me get all the things off my chest that are grinding my gears in this world. But above all else, it's really just about spreading the knowledge and making sure everyone is uh, playing with a full deck here. You know, making sure nobody's cheated, making sure everybody can uh, get these uh, these sort of cheat codes to this game of life that we've been uh, thrown into. And people can walk around equipped with the knowledge that they need to make decisions in their life. Whether they want to take injections, whether they want to trust certain news outlets, whether they want to be okay with sexualization of children. I think you should know all of these things. I, should, I think you should know how they all connect. I think you should know who the people are that are promoting these things and uh, what the end goal is for all of these agendas, pretty much, at the end of the day. Right, please, sir. So that's why I'm here. That's why we do connect those dots. And it's beautiful. On this 50th episode, we get a beautiful little gem to focus on and put all of our attention into. You know, last week I was talking about how some some weeks are more difficult than others to select a, a topic, but this week was the opposite. This week, it was easy. I knew from Monday what I was going to talk about. And that's obvious. The latest 2023 World Economic Forum Davos meeting. Deep within a bleak and dismal swamp, hidden beneath its murky waters, lies the headquarters of the most sinister villains of all time. A Legion of Doom. Yes, yes, we got blessed <laughs> this weekend in a weird way. It's funny, uh, the more evil these people are, the more outright and upfront that they are with uh, their tyranny and their plans and the more vocal that they are. It's funny, it just makes my job easier as a podcaster covering all these things. I mean, Doc Connectors, I have so many clips today. 
So many clips, and I'm going to run through them all. Don't worry. You're going to get the whole Davos experience right here on this podcast, episode 50 of Connect Those Dots. And this is the second Davos meeting that I'll be covering here on Connect Those Dots. Back in June, I did another episode that was completely dedicated to the Davos meeting because... It's obvious, it's all our favorite characters from Klaus Schwab to Albert Borla to Yuval Harari to Billy Gates, even down to the lesser clown puppets that they all use and abuse out there. They're all there, they're all making their voice heard for sure. But when I covered the first one back in June of 2022, there weren't really a lot of other news outlets that were covering it so heavy. And I remember during that episode, I made the call. I was like, why am I not seeing it more? Why am I not seeing Tucker Carlson? Why am I not seeing The Daily Wire? Why am I not seeing all these other big popular outlets? Why am I not seeing Joe Rogan? Why am I not seeing these big audience generating media entities not covering this obvious easy story? And to my pleasure... This new Davos meeting is a complete switch up from what we got the last Davos meeting. I'm seeing it everywhere. I honestly, I can't escape it. From Turning Point to Fox News to Daily Wire to Daily Caller to all the dailies, Breitbart. They're all covering the WEF Davos meeting. And it's beautiful. It warms my heart. This is what I want to see. This is the point of why I do connect those dots, is to get the knowledge out there. So it's very encouraging to see the big rejection, the big no to these World Economic Forum globalist great resetters that um, pretty much with all of their proposals, all of their posturing, pretty much the consensus out there from anybody that knows about the Economic Forum is, uh, yeah, F you. F off. Frig off, sir. Get the hell out of here. Leave me alone. I want nothing to do with you and all of the things that you're planning in your demonic little brains. And the best part about it is that the World Economic Forum themselves recognize this. They recognize that they've been delegitimized. They recognize that people understand who they are and aren't buying what they're selling. And... That's apparent in Klaus Schwab's opening speech here at this Davos meeting, where the theme of this meeting is um, regaining trust in a fractured world. Translation, how do we shut up the people that are exposing us? We are confronted with unprecedented and multiple challenges. We need to overcome the most critical fragmentation. And the most critical fragmentation is between those who take a constructive attitude and those who are just bystanders, observers, and even go into the negative, critical, and confrontational attitude. Now, what he says right there is a total, just a declaration of conflict with you, 
Who does he mean by the people that have criticisms or opposing viewpoints to us? That's me. That's you. But before that, he even says, we have to identify who are the people that are going to support us and get off of the sidelines. And then there are the, these bystanders, these uh, extras in the movies, these cannon fodder, you know, these uh, endless millions of casualties. And then there are the people that actively oppose us. And they are the biggest crisis. They are the biggest threat. So that's his biggest threat. That's his new crisis for you. He always talks about it. It's a climate crisis. Crisis. It's a COVID crisis. Crisis. The cyber attack crisis. Crisis. Now it's, it's the information crisis. Crisis. He's so pissed that he's been exposed as the freakish James Bond villain that he is. That it's it's their number one point of agenda is to is to recognize that they've been delegitimized on the global stage. That's why you have people like Tucker Carlson clowning them. That's why you have media all over the place, meme lords, Instagram accounts, you name it, clowning them. Nobody likes them. Anybody who knows about them doesn't like them. And they admit it. Here's another fellow that was at the World Economic Forum talking about how... Uh, their new world order is being rejected. Uh, here at WEF, I believe we're discussing, um, there's a lot of discussion about what the, the new world order will be or how, even in the context of, uh, of our, our, our new Helsinki, uh, how do we f work towards that new normative international order that allows us to address our differences and disputes as the civilized world. Uh, and I believe perhaps we are at the moment in such a hyper-partisan, hyper-polarized time that we're not going to be able to form uh, that new Helsinki uh, today. But I hope going forward we are able to do, I mean, we must, we must form uh, and improve our normative and international institutional order internationally so, so that we can address these complaints. I hope this time around, once we're building this new world order or new rules-based order, the voice of the global south and the developing world is included. That is the uh, Pakistani UN ambassador, and he's very polished, and through all his, uh, you know, flowery language, translation to what he just said is... Uh, we're not going to be able to execute the plans of our New World Order. Notice how he just says it out in the open, New World Order, but you're a conspiracy theorist if you say that there's a New World Order, even though they just say it all the time. But that's besides the point. He's saying we can't do what we want with our New World Order because we have people that got our number. We have people that have found us out. We have people that don't trust us. Because it's so polarized, and we're, we're, there's such a division between people. Yes, there's a division between the people that know about you, and know what your agenda is, and know what your agenda means, and the people that don't, and that are just walking around in a, a haze, in a trance, not understanding the true nature of the world around them. And uh, they're threatened by this, and they recognize it. So how are they countering it? How are they going to identify the disinformation that goes against their godly decrees? 
Well, they're going to get Brian Stelter to do it for you. And Brian Stelter, just when you thought he was dead, just when you thought he was gone, just when you thought he was thrown into the phantom zone, into the shadow of irrelevance where you never see him again, leave it to the WEF, leave it to Klaus Schwab, leave it to the actual Legion of Doom to go pluck Brian Stelter out of the abyss so he can be their host at their disinformation expo. You, you, you cannot make it up. You cannot make it up. When I first heard of this, I thought it was a Babylon Bee. I thought it was a parody. I thought it was a joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm Brian Stelter. No, but it, it's real. They really got it, the clown. Brian Boy Stelter. Mr. Don't do your own research. Himself. Four words, four little words that are hurting America's pandemic response. What are they? Do your own research. Here's Brian Stelter, a guy that is notorious, that has built a reputation for being completely dishonest and transparent and see-through. He had the worst ratings on CNN, so they fired the guy. And he has a whole history of being a joke and being a clown and the ultimate punching bag on their side. And the WEF has zero self-awareness. He's their disinformation paladin. It's just unbelievable. Here we go. Here's the clip of Stelter. The clear and present danger of disinformation uh, is our conversation here this afternoon. Damn right it is. Damn right. Because you guys just distort and lie, and deceive, and connive, and they got you, the literal poster boy of dishonesty. It's really just amazing to me. Let me just finish the clip. It follows a session just now about disrupting distrust, and of course those are connected, so I hope that's where we can start. Uh, I'm Brian Stelter, formerly of CNN, now a fellow at Harvard University. A reminder that the hashtag is WEF23. We can try to put some real information out into the world to make up for all the crazy. <laughs> all those little catchphrases. Disrupting disinformation, disrupting distrust. We want to be able to find some truth out there in, with all the crazy. I mean, but you're the people that tell us to eat the bugs. You're the people that tell us we can't have air conditioning. You're the people that tell us it's a great reset. You're the people that walk around with literal bald-headed supervillains. You're the people that are known around the world for being liars and like the Legion of Doom. But you guys are going to be the one to, uh, to bring some normalcy back to everything. Just, again, just a prime, glowing, shining example of how disconnected they are, how inverted they are. And meanwhile, they all sit here, while I'm playing these clips for you, understand that they're sitting there in front of the WEF logo that is literally 666. So while you're hearing all these clips that I'm playing for you, just know that the 666 logo is literally right behind them while they're saying all this nonsense, while they're saying all this crazy stuff. While Brian Stelter is trying to tell you what honesty and truth and virtue is. With the 666 logo right behind him. I mean, it just, it's... God couldn't make it any more easy to identify who the evil people are. And that brings me to this clip of John Kerry. I don't know why he's still kicking around. He's the, he's the climate czar, energy czar. They, they make up all these fake positions so these people can fly around the world... Tell you how bad you are about climate and literally just, just do nothing else. Just further their agenda of control upon the global population. 
So John Kerry, who who looks like a reanimated corpse. I mean, John Kerry, I don't know how old he is, but he looks like he's in bad shape. Very pale skin, not a lot of color, not a lot of vibrance, not a lot of life. There's just no spark of, 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 of divinity, of strength, of Holy Spirit in any of these people. You just, they look soul sucked. They look like husks. So it should come as no surprise to you that they say all of these alien things and they have their 666 logo. And they act so holier than that. It should come as no surprise to you that John Kerry gets up and says that we're extraterrestrials. Huh? Bruh. Yeah. Let him tell you himself. We're extraterrestrials. We were chosen to make the world a better place. We were touched by something divine that brought us here to this moment at the WEF supervillain conference with our 666 logo. Stop and think about it. It's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. I mean, for starters, j just the narcissism and the arrogance and the hubris and, again, the lack of self-awareness to sit there and at a podium and declare how much more special you are than everybody else on this planet. Yeah, the dumb truck driver. Yeah, the dumb, uh, you know, construction worker. Yeah, the stupid little gas station attendant. Yeah, the, the cook over at the diner down the street. They weren't touched like me and you. They're not divine extraterrestrials like you and I. Here at the 666 conference. So this whole God complex, this whole savior complex, and and saving the world from what? You're saving, he's like, we're saving the world here. Saving it from what? The only thing it needs to be saved from is you. You're the one destroying it. You're the one ruining it. You are what needs to be saved from. Saving the world. It's extraterrestrial. We'll save it. Can you believe the hubris of this guy? Can you believe how arrogant he is as he flies around on his private jet and tells you how bad you are because you contribute to man-made climate change? And sits up there and says he's he, he's more human. He's more than just a human. He's greater than you because he can sit there and point his finger at you and tell you that you can't eat meat and all this nonsense that they spew. And say that he's extraterrestrial and he's saving you and you're destroying the planet because you're just living your life. These people just need, like, I don't understand, man. Did these people never get smacked in the head when they were growing up? Did these people never get a kick in their ass when they were growing up? Did these people never have to work for anything? Did these people never have been humbled in their life? That they can, with a straight face, sit there and say it? And it's like, oh, I say this. People think I'm a, uh, I'm a tree-hugging liberal do-gooder. No, dude, I just think you're weird, and I want nothing to do with you, but they don't stop. They don't stop. Here's Al Gore 
Okay, Al Gore, another failed politician, another clown, another joke, another doomsday oracle soothsayer telling you that the world was going to end. I remember I was in middle school. They propagandized me in middle school by showing me Al Gore documentaries and tried to scare me into thinking that the world was going to end. But we still here, brother. We still here. All of Al Gore's predictions have been completely disproven. They have not come true. Nothing this guy has ever said has ever resonated, has ever had any fruit bearing in the real world. That's why South Park made fun of him like 15 years ago. I'm here to educate you about the single biggest threat to our planet. You see... There is something out there which threatens our very existence and may be the end to the human race as we know it. I'm talking, of course, about Man Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig? And leave it to the WEF to bring him out there as an authority on anything. But they're going to bring him out there as the authority on how to live your life. And he's going to get up there and rant and rave and lie and lie and try to guilt you. It, 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 it never ends. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And this dog's been old for quite a while. Here's Al Gore resorting to the same old song and dance that he's been disproven on his entire career. Of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. So in answer to your question, I would say, we have to have a sense of urgency much greater than we have yet had and we need have had and we need to make some changes so nothing's changed with this guy he's still bitching and moaning about man bear pig he's still bitching and moaning about something that doesn't exist he's still i'm super ethereal you need to take it ethereal guys some people say that man bear pig isn't real well i'm here to tell you now Man Bear Pig is very real, and he most certainly exists. I'm serial. The South Park meme of Al Gore is just so spot on. I remember I'd even, I was a little kid, I didn't even know who Al Gore was, and I saw the South Park episode. That was my first introduction to who Al Gore is. Man Bear Pig doesn't care who you are or what you've done. Man Bear Pig simply wants to get you. I'm super serial. All these years later... It's completely spot on. But notice what he says there. He, Al Gore just admitted something right there. Did you pick up on it? Did you catch it? He just admitted that replacement migration and mass migration destroys countries and destroys infrastructures. Let me play it for you one more time. Raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance. So he says that 
The countries are already collapsing because of the mass migration. Of course, he blames it on climate change, which he has no basis to blame the mass migration on climate change. Maybe it has something to do with the border just being wide open and Biden saying, surge the border, we'll give you money. They immediately surge to the border. But I, I, Al Gore thinks that's because of climate change, okay? But uh, he just admits nonchalantly right there and all these WEFers just nod their head in unison and they don't even pick up on what he's just saying. He just admitted that replacement migration destroys countries. So he's giving you this doomsday scenario of the world's going to end and we're all going to die if we don't, if, if we just stop living, if we just stop living, then we won't die. That's the, that's the message of Al Gore and his climate cult. But we're all going to die and uh, there's going to be mass migration and our infrastructures won't be able to handle it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Finally, the truth comes out of this guy in his unhinged rant. And he doesn't even realize the truth that he just said. But everything, all the clips I've played for you so far, it's all just the same. Restricting the choices you make, making the choices for you, standing in as the person that knows better and the person that's going to take control, the person that's going to steer the ship. And while they take control and have full autonomy of, of the situation that they want to facilitate for everybody, as Klaus Schwab said, you just sit there as a bystander. Or you can join them, but don't you dare criticize us. We're extraterrestrials, like John Kerry said. We've been touched at a young age. We're saving the world. You're destroying it. So they don't even want you to live. They really just don't want you to live. And that doesn't mean to outright kill you. It doesn't necessarily mean just, just kill your ass, bodies all over the place, death and despair. They can kill you. They can make you not live by just controlling you. And what does that mean? Well, that brings us to the metaverse. Uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Keep them happy with drugs and computer games. What's an easier way for them to god and lord over you and really create the, uh, the, the situations for you, really set the scene for you, really take over all of your senses? Because if you think about it, they created the radio to occupy your senses, to send their message. Then they created the television for the same purpose, and it only just did it better than how the radio did it. Then... We get all the way up to the screens in your face and video games. Video games are a completely immersive experience. You put yourself in the situation. You have control. You're experiencing the situation in an active manner, not just like with the radio or with the TV where you do it in a passive manner, but with the phones, with social media. You're actively participating. With video games, you're actively participating. Now, what these people want to do with the metaverse is meld those two technologies together. Meld the synthetic world immersion taking over of the senses that you have in video games and then the social aspect that you have through social media and meld them all together in this new step in where they want to take over your senses, the metaverse. Now they really got it. Now it's not just a radio out in the distance. Now it's not, it's not just a TV at the end of your living room. 
Now it's not just the phone in your hand. It's not just the video game controller in your hand. It's the entire set attached to your head, attached to your person, a digital hood bag put over your head, completely controlling everything you hear, see, feel, and who knows, maybe even smell and taste when they get far enough with the technology. This is just the next step into hijacking your senses. So, with all of that context, with that explanation, here is our favorite globalist, our favorite James Bond villain, and he's going to tell you straight up, we want you to live in the metaverse, and it will be diverse and inclusive, and it will be sustainable, and all of the other buzzwords... So that we just have more control over your life, and you have less agency over your life. We want you to live in the metaverse. The Global Collaboration Village is a pioneering effort to use the metaverse for the public good. To create global cooperation and to strengthen global cooperation in the metaverse or using metaverse technologies. And we are pleased to create this uh, global collaboration village in cooperation with uh, Accenture and with uh, Microsoft. So the idea is to bring all the stakeholders, governments, business, uh, civil society, together on a continued, sustained basis. This is the next phase, the next big phase of development in the virtual world. Was his actual quote right there different than anything that I said in my silly little impression before I played you the quote? Sustainable this, global cooperation that. Strengthening the global cooperation through the metros. They want to ingratiate this metaverse in a real way. They want to ingratiate this metaverse in a very real way. The public have not really been adopting it that well. It's not like with the radio where the public adopted it immediately and the television where the public adopted it immediately and the smartphone where the public adopted it immediately and the video games where people took intrigue in it immediately and we've seen how far the video game industry has come with the technology but this metaverse vr augmented reality goggle headset craze has not really taken off the same way as the other ones they need to make a necessity for it they need to they need it to fill a hole right now it's it's not really filling a hole but they need to they they need to create an actual purpose and usage for it and not just this oh you know it's this cool thing metaverse you know you you go into virtual reality and it it's like you're in the video game it hasn't really gotten past that sort of societal understanding of what it is so the, in the coming years they're going to make a real push for the metaverse to actually be a real location with its own rules, its own laws, its own codes of conduct, its own currency, its own wealth system. Please believe it. Do not be fooled of how outlandish it sounds. You just heard the man himself tell you it. 
And as silly as it might sound to you, it's very real and it's very serious to these people. Let Brad Smith, the vice chairman at Microsoft, and we all know about Microsoft, right here we have Brad Smith, the current vice chairman of Microsoft, and he's going to tell you how serious, how important, how dire, how crucial, how necessary it is for them to create this metaverse global collaboration village, as they call it. It's especially important for this vision of a village without borders. It's an open development process, and it is an open development philosophy. You know, we're creating at Microsoft, through Microsoft Mesh, a software platform that will be accessible to people through a variety of different hardware devices. This particular project, in our view, is of enormous importance for the world because of the role that the World Economic Forum plays in the world. This is an opportunity to create a village without borders. Again, it's all about diversity and inclusion and kumbaya, and we become global citizens in the metaverse. It's a global collaboration village, man. We're collaborating in the village. Mm, peace and love. They give these things, these names with an intentional purpose to disarm you and sound very soft and nice. What they don't tell you is that they want it to be the primary mode of living in the future. And they want, and they want to push their agendas, push their wokeism, push all of their philosophies, and it will be easier for them to enforce them in a virtual world. Think about it. In the metaverse... Everything, will, everything you say will be recorded. Everything you do will be watched and surveilled. Everything you do will have social credits attached to it. That's how you'll get your metaverse tokens. And you won't be able to get away with any disobedience. You won't be able to not comply because the metaverse will be watching you constantly listening to everything you say. So if you break any of their conduct policies, which we're going to get into very quickly with a lot more clips. Don't think I'm done with the clips. I got more for you. So if you're a rule breaker, if you infringe upon their metaverse laws... You won't be able to get away with it. It'll hear everything you say. It'll see everything you do. If you go against their cult, they'll know it. You'll get deducted from your social credit score metaverse tokens. And this is the infrastructure that they're building. Let them tell you themselves. Let them tell you themselves. Connect these next few clips with the clips that I just played for you of this, uh, this metaverse and the clips that I played for you before with their God complex and how they want to save the world and all of these things and how they think they know better than you. Here's these next clips where they're going to get into talking about hate speech and restricting speech so that they can gain trust because to them, it's how can anybody disprove us if we're the only ones talking? Here is the UN Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez. And he's just blatantly going to say, I, won't, I don't even need to break it down for you. He's just going to say, we need to control the narratives. We need to minimize the reach of people that have counter narratives to ours. We need to 
control and facilitate the public's opinion on everything. Here he is, he just says it. But politicians need to understand, and sometimes we are faced with these kind of challenges. It is better to take today decisions that will eventually be not popular, but it will be essential to be able to shape the public opinion itself. Again, just par for the course at this point. After you hear John Kerry call himself an extraterrestrial and say that he's saving the world and that he's part of an elite supergroup that uh, are here to lord over all of the little peasants, when you hear uh, the, the EU deputy secretary, whatever this hell stupid title he is, y United Nations guy over here, literally say that we have to mold the public opinions, it it's really not so shocking anymore. Are you shocked by any of these clips when I play them for you? Are you going to be shocked by this next clip of Vera Jourova, the vice president of the European Commission, and she's going to tell you all about hate speech, all of the hate speech laws that are in place in Europe and that they're coming to America, and what is hate speech, dot connectors? Well, it's anything that they disagree with. You speak out against an experimental medicine, they say you're anti-science and you're going to cause people their lives. You speak out against LGBT perversion in elementary schools, they're going to call you a hateful bigot. That's hate speech. You speak out against Black Lives Matter and how they're a communist organization and how they're funded by the most evil corrupt groups on the planet. And you're, you're a racist. You're a hate speech, baby. You even say the name George Soros. They call you an anti-Semite, even though George Soros ain't even Jewish. He said it himself. He doesn't believe in God. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? No. You speak out against any election that you think might have uh, questionable occurrences associated with it? Oh, you're an election denier. That's hate speech, baby. That could cause some violence. So you're going down. That's what they mean by hate speech. It's anything that they don't like. They hate your speech, so they want to destroy it. Understood? Get it? Got it? Good. Hate speech. They hate that you have speech. Well, we need the people who understand the language and the case law in the country. Mm. Because what qualifies as hate, hate speech, as illegal hate speech, which you will have soon also in the U.S. I think that um, we, we have a strong reason why we have this uh, in the criminal law. Uh, we, uh, we need the platforms uh, to simply work with, with the language and to identify such cases. The AI would be too dangerous. <laughs> the, I love how she says the AI would be too dangerous to monitor all the... They use AI all the time looking for keywords, looking for images, scanning... They got the AI already implemented. The AI would be too dangerous. But I'll, I'll give you some examples of uh, this hate speech that she talks about and she says is such a threat. In the UK alone, I'll give you two examples. There was a lady praying outside of an abortion clinic. Praying silently to herself, just bowing her head, closing her eyes with her hands clenched, praying outside of an abortion clinic. You know what happened? They called the police on her, and these robotic, dystopian, synthoid, masked police, because I guess they still care about the COVID over there, um, the COVID's gonna come and get for you, mate. 
Oh, the Omicron's coming for you, so you gotta wear your mask. Get your booster. Wear your mask. Get your booster. And crack down on little old ladies praying in the street. And that's what they did. They were called to the scene. They asked the lady, Miss, were you praying out here in public outside of this abortion clinic? She said, yes, I was. I was praying. I was praying to God in silence. They said, okay, ma'am, you're going to come with us. We're going to take it downtown to the slammer. And the lady spent the night in jail for praying. They called it hate speech outside of an abortion clinic. Are you serious? Here's another example. British military veteran posted on his Facebook a meme. A meme, okay? You know how you like memes? You know how you go on Instagram and scroll through memes and post memes and like memes? Well, this British veteran in the British Army, he posted a meme of what is the pride flag in a swastika. So if you put a bunch of pride flags together, they create a swastika. It's just funny. It just happens. It just happens to be that way. And he got a knock on his door from the police... And they arrested the guy in his home because they said it was hate speech. He got reported for hate speech. These are the hate speech laws that are taking place in Europe and that this lady at the World Economic Forum, vice president of the European Commission, wants to get in your country now, wants to get all up in America and spread the hate because she hates your speech. So connect all that to... What Klaus was saying, what John Kerry was saying, what Al Gore was saying, what they're all saying about lording over you, being the only people that should have a voice, silencing what they deem as misinformation, what they deem as hate speech, locking you up in a metaverse system where you're constantly surveilled. Understand, connect these dots. This is what we do here on Connect Those Dots. We have to take notice. That all of these things are interlinked. So that's the main sort of through line that I wanted to play for you with those WEF clips. Now I got more clips for you. I'm just going to sort of freestyle them. <laughs> if you don't mind. And uh, we're, we're, we're just going to talk about them because I got a, it's a banquet. It's a smorgasbord. And they all just, they just made my job real easy for this episode here. Just playing me clip after clip. Here's, a, here's Tony Blair disgraced, hated, ex-Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, and uh, he's still harping on about vaccine passports. The fake vaccine. Simultaneously, as mainstream news is now reporting that these vaccines are having adverse reactions. But leave it to the WEF, again, to be completely non-self-aware and say, we need a vaccine database, mate. We need a vaccine passport database still, even though we know it's hurting people. We still need that database, though. We need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Oh my god, it's just infuriating. Like, just everything they say is just so infuriating. Again, just like Al Gore and John Kerry, Tony Blair, disgraced, discredited, disrespected, delegitimized on a global scale. And the WEF brings him out. 
to make decrees and to make these outlandish statements. These people have nothing to do with policy anymore. They're disgraced again. But he, it's not going to stop him from trying to lord and control over you and say you need a vaccine passport database and, as Yuval Harari calls it, surveillance under the skin. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. And again, not unlike a lot of the other people's public statements, whether it's Joe Biden or Bill Gates, Tony Blair already telling you, there's going to be another pandemic. We need more vaccine database because of the other pandemics and the other shots that we're going to have to give you down the road. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. You know, we'll have to prepare for the next one. That, you know, I'd say is, uh, will get attention this time. I mean, I, I cannot believe I live in this world where these people just say these, these things out loud on TV, televised, no shame, no self-awareness, with the 666 logo right behind them as they're saying all of it. And speaking of uh, pandemics and crises, I'm sure you're very familiar with uh, the clip of Klaus Schwab saying, Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a cyber attack. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison. I play it every single episode of Connect Those Dots in my intro, and it's starting to resurface and start to go real viral lately. Maybe it has something to do with this. Got a new character for you. Jeremy Jer Jurgens. Jeremy Jurgens. Like Jurgens, the lotion. And uh, Jeremy Jurgens, yeah, well, wait, wait till you get a load of his uh, title and a uh, job description. Jeremy Jurgens is the managing director and head of the Forum Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And uh, we all know about Klaus's little Fourth Industrial Revolution, or as he calls it, the Forced Industrial Revolution. The Fourth Industrial Revolution. The Fourth Industrial Revolution. We are in the midst of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. But Jeremy Jurgens is the uh, head managing director of the Forced Industrial Revolution. Okay, are we connecting some dots already? Hear what Jeremy Jurgens has to say about an incoming cyber attack, odd enough. The World Economic Forum's uh, Global Security Outlook uh, Report 2023. This is a result of uh, research in collaboration with the forum's communities and our partner Accenture, which we've uh, interviewed and sought input from over 300 executives globally. The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. 
What a profit. Isn't that eerily similar to the, the Fauci clips and when they were talking about there's going to be a surprise pandemic and we need a, a an entity of excitement to come in and shake up the system and there's going to be an eminent outbreak that we're all going to have to take vaccines. Remember those clips that I played for you when they predict they so-called predicted everything before it all happened? That clip right there is ominously familiar. And he just, he has no basis. He has no evidence that he's giving you. He's just like, because there's a lot of polarization in the world and because people disagree on a lot of political topics, uh, cyber leaders everywhere saying that there's going to be a cyber attack soon. (laughs) So there you go. Pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a cyber attack. They're telling you, I'm just playing the clips for you. I just think you deserve to be equipped with the knowledge so you're not caught flat-footed when things could potentially happen. And uh, the last clip here I have for these out-of-context sort of overview greatest hits of the 2023 Davos meeting should come as no shock to you again. I mean, they called themselves extraterrestrials. They had John Kerry up there talking about how the world was going to end if we don't all just die. We're all going to die if we don't all just die. You had Klaus Schwab up there saying that we're being discredited and we have to crush all the opposition toward us. Then you had him with the Microsoft vice chairman talking about how he wants you to live in the metaverse. You had the United Nations... Had muckety-muck over there telling you you have to mold public opinion and control the narratives. You had the hate speech lady telling you how much she hates that you have speech. You had the discredited and disgraced ex-prime minister of the UK telling you that you need a vaccine database for future pandemics. And you just had their... uh, the fake position that they made for this guy, head of uh, head of the fourth industrial revolution, Jeremy Jurgens, tell you, uh, yeah, get ready for a cyber attack because uh, it's coming, buddy. But it wouldn't be the WEF. We wouldn't have our full spectrum of what the WEF is and what they symbolize and what people recognize them for worldwide if they weren't telling you to eat the bugs. Eating bugs. Yes, yes, yes. You wouldn't think I would let that one slip through the cracks, would you? No, no, no. With their 666 logo behind them, talking about all these things, they sure as hell did not miss the opportunity to tell you to eat the bugs. Here is Jim Hagman, a guy works at a company called Simeons. They're a German multinational conglomerate corporation, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. I don't care what he is. I don't care who he is. All I care about is that he's telling me to eat bugs and he's telling me that I should stop eating meat because I'm destroying the planet. It's a very important point that you are addressing. Um, My daughter, 24, inspired me and said that how can you advocate for these zero carbon value chains if you still eat meat. And so I stopped eating meat. So his little leftist daughter who is brainwashed and controlled by the brainwashing that the WEF promotes brainwashed him into feeling bad about eating meat and 
guilted him into thinking that he's destroying the world because of eating meat. Meanwhile, he flew on a private jet to go to Switzerland to tell you to not eat meat. Now the math would say, well, you need to stop eating meat uh, 11 years to compensate for a flight to Thailand. Yes, but if a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you, it has a big impact. So he's so enlightened, he's so above you, just like John Kerry's extraterrestrial, just like they're the stewards of the earth, just like they gotta make all the decisions, just like they gotta control speech and control the narratives. This Jim Hagman is superior to you, he's morally, intellectually above you, because... He's not eating meat. And if, and if we all just joined together, if we all could just be more like him, we'd save the planet and not eat meat and not destroy the world from eating meat. Even though he just said one flight is the equivalent to 11 years of not eating meat. But, but I, I don't know who says this. I don't know what. I don't know how they come up with these little sayings and fake statistics. But by their own logic... They spit in the face of their own logic because all they do is fly around and talk about how great they are, but they can virtue signal and say that they don't eat meat and then try to guilt you into doing the same. It's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I almost wasn't going to play this clip, but I, I knew I had to because it's just so emblematic of the arrogance of these people. Not only does it have a big impact on the current food system, but it will also inspire innovation of food systems. Mm -hmm. And I predict that we will have proteins not coming from um, meat in the future. They will probably taste even better. So why are we trying to mimic meat if we can have a better taste? They will be zero carbon and much healthier than the kind of food that we eat today. So he's just saying that everything that you've heard before Food of the future, feed the future. Feed the future. If we all just eat bugs, if we all just have a protein alternative, a meat alternative, and mmm, it's gonna be so tasty, it's gonna taste even better than meat, mmm, if we just eat bugs. He didn't say it out loud, but that's what he talks about when he says sustainable protein alternative. What do you think he's talking about? And yummy, yummy, yummy in your tummy, we're gonna have James Corden and... Nicole Kidman and Robert Downey Jr. He's going to go on Stephen Colbert's show and show you the grinded up cricket powder that is a pro that you can make a protein shake with. And he's going to show you how trendy and sustainable and how you're going to save the world through eating bugs. And this Jim Hagman, Simeon's Technologies fellow with the 666 logo behind him. Gonna tell you to eat the bugs. This is a powder derived from the mealworm and it's a insect protein just been approved by the EU for human consumption. You're not just getting me to eat dirt, are you? <laughs> no, man, I wouldn't play you, bro. And that, Doc Connectors, uh, concludes this little highlight reel, this greatest hits, this always sunny in Davos part two rendition here of connect those dots episode 50 of connect those dots and i just want to thank the globalists for being such non-human creepazoids and really making my job easy this week really just giving me all the content that i could ask for like a fire hose of of just beautiful gems of villainy and maniacal and 
dystopian statements over at this 666 WEF meeting in Zadavos, Switzerland. And kudos to all of the other news outlets out there, all of the other podcasters, all of the other detectives, all of the other dot connectors out there reporting on the Davos meeting and exposing it and shining a bigger light on it than it has ever been shined on it. But make no mistake, they understand that they're being exposed. They understand that they're not operating in the shadows like they used to. And now it's like when you when you turn on the light and all the cockroaches start scurrying all over the place, they're scurrying, they're scrambling. So we can feel good about that the light is being shined on these people and they have more exposure than ever. But it's a double-edged sword now because they're going to get more desperate and now they're on the defensive. So when you corner a rat, it goes into a do-or-die mode. And the WEF right now in the Globalist Great Reset agenda plot facilitation plans are being cornered. So have your guard up more than ever. Have your discernment filled more than ever. Have those goggles on more than ever so you can identify, so you can congregate with your like-minded people. So you can ensure that you're not caught flat-footed. And that is really what we do here on Connect Those Dots. We equip you with the knowledge. And if we all participate in that, if we all equip others with the knowledge, their mind control, their hypnosis, their illusion will have no power, will have no influence. And just like they have powers and numbers, we can have the same powers and numbers if we just make sure we awaken people. We need our own World Economic Forum. We need our own fraternities and enclaves and meetings of the minds to counter their satanic enclaves. We need to counter their ideas with ours. So getting together, awakening people, getting with like-minded individuals and understanding the times that we live in is paramount in the coming years. So peace out. God bless. Never stop connecting those dots and uh, encourage others to do the same. Same. Same.